0: with the song that valerie was just playing oh good it's in our songbook 675 675 and i saw layla back there but i don't know this is partly i think layla would enjoy this so let's sing it so layla can hear it okay 675 he is able hasn't it since we've sung that? Thanks, Valerie. Well, welcome to Sunday School today. This is the last chapter of the book. Uh, Probably not the last week, (laughs) but we'll see what the Lord has. I'll let you know I am in no rush here. I'm very open for comments. In a lot of ways, I'd prefer this last two weeks, but we'll see. We'll see what the Lord has in store. Um, So, the title of this chapter is Christianity is just like all other religions, right? Wrong. Wrong. We, we know that's not right. It is not. Um, but let me, before we actually get into the lesson, again, what we've covered in this study, we, we, uh, and this is kind of similar. Uh, the, the second chapter, we had an introdu- introductory chapter for the whole book and then, uh, and then um, the next lesson was only two. And basically, there's only two real religions. So this kind of overlaps with that a little bit. But those two religions were God's and man's. Okay, you have God's religions, which is which is recorded in the in the holy scriptures in the Bible, and man's religion, which could be which is countless other religions and so forth. Uh, then we talked about the neutrality myth, myth that there's you know based on the assumption of no absolute truth, that you can be neutral on things. But we realized, no, that's not true. You can't actually be neutral. Um, talked about the Genesis connection. And uh, then we asked, how can you believe the Bible? A few arguments in support of the trustworthiness of the Bible. Then we got into life issues. We talked about the biblical response to abortion. Um, uh, asked, isn't abortion a, a woman's legal right and choice? And again, this is all based on this book, Quick Answers to Social Issues by Brian Osborne of Answers in Genesis. Uh, and uh, isn't it just a fetus, non, uh, unviable outside the womb? And shouldn't, then shouldn't people have the right to die? The idea of euthanasia and so forth, what the Bible had to say about that. What about cloning? And then the whole, we talked about stem cells some. Then we got into equality issues. Uh, the biblical answer to racism. We talked about interracial marriage, that there's really no such thing because there's only one race, but, but still the, uh, the fact that the, the, the Bible is not against that, actually, from a genetic perspective, it's a healthy thing to mix the genes so you can have the, str- the best of both worlds type of thing. But anyway, we talked about that. And it says the question, uh, doesn't the Bible condone slavery? The answer is no, it does not. Uh, that was an interesting study. Uh, isn't the Bible sexist? Was the next one? And then what's the biblical take on feminism? Kind of a related topic to the one before that. And then uh, our social justice, which we hear a lot, we hear that thrown around a lot, and intersectionality, part of the gospel, and the answer is no, not really. Justice, the scripture is all about justice, but not, it's not an adjective that goes before justice. It is either it's just or not just, okay? Uh, and then we talked about genocide, um, what the Bible has to say about that. Then the next section was marriage, sexual and gender issues. What's the origin and definition of marriage? We realize the definition is, the origin is, is, in, is God or, ordained marriage. He originated it in Genesis. Uh, we talked about sex, God's creation and gift. And then the next chapter was the abandonment of God's design for sex, the way mankind has twisted God's design for sex, messed it all up. Uh, but then what the biblical perspective was on that. And then we talked about, then we got into, you know, actually all these in this, in this section were, were difficult, but we just looked at what the Bible had to say about them. Um, how should the Christian respond to homosexuality? Gay marriage and the gay "quote unquote" Christian. Um, And there's a chapter: Why do Christians harp on homosexuality when Jesus never mentioned it? And we we talked about that. Basically, anything in Scripture is from Jesus. He is God, so He is the Living Word, and He is you know the written word tells all of the Living Word. So it's all from Jesus. He did talk about homosexuality. Uh, then we chapter if it, it's all about love love wins and that's the typical rallying cry of the we'll call it the blt movement um, often used to shut down christian opposition but the point is if you're truly loving you will share the truth you won't say yeah this sin is okay or whatever and then how do you respond to the transgender revolution That was the last chapter in the marriage, sexual, and gender section. Then we went environmental issues. We talked. You believe in climate change, don't you? Uh, Well, yes, we believe climate changes, but the question is why and so forth. Uh, What's the Christian response to the green movement? We talked some about that. We should be responsible for you know God has given us stewardship over His creation. We should care about it, but we don't go worshiping it above God. God created it all. What about animal rights? and then are aliens the answer and we actually watched a video on that too we spent some time on the whole idea of aliens outside of the earth which biblically we don't believe they exist then we had all the cl- concluding chapters so the reason I went over that is just to refresh our memories what in the world have we discussed over the last year and a half or so but also uh, assuming we're going to have some time next week if not we'll see how the Lord works that out but If we don't have a lot, if we don't need to do too much next week, I would like you guys to think, I'd like your input as to what these set of lessons, any gems or highlights or things that you've learned through this time. I hope there's been something. So just think about it. I'll give you a whole week, so I'm not going to put you on the spot. Consider these things we've covered and share with us. Be ready to share with us anything in particular at that time, okay? All right, that said, um, let's get into this lesson. Isn't uh, Christianity is just like all other religions, right? No. Um, they, according to the author, um, he said, and I'll quote him here, he said, it's been said that all religions are the same and only seemingly different or apparently different. In other words, uh, they're, they might look different on the surface, but really they're the same. Um, but the short answer, I don't know who said that, maybe a lot of people say that, but uh, that's what the author claimed, but in truth, Roman, the answer is no, number one, in truth, Christianity is profoundly different from every religion with only superficial similarities, there might be similarities here and there just because the whole idea of worship, of gathering together, gathering in a building or whatever there are similarities but yet christianity is profoundly different letter a hmm. Uh, every every other religion including atheism basically says you can save yourself Uh, By the way, he he includes, again, he says atheism is a religion by definition. And he he quotes uh, uh, Merriam-Webster in that, uh, which says uh, the definition for religion is, a cause, principle, or system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. So, atheism really does need faith. And as we've seen, um, as we've gone through this study, and any time you study scripture in in the realities in the world, you realize how much faith atheism requires. And we were all there once. Maybe some of us were saved so young we don't really remember being an atheist. Or, Or actually, maybe many people were grown up in the church some kind of church and believed in God so they weren't atheists but again they didn't necessarily believe in Jesus Christ as a savior but i grew up as an atheist flat out atheist i did not until i until I was in college i did not believe in God i'm not sure i even knew there was an old and new testament so i i would i classify some, i was an atheist i did not believe god existed i couldn't see how he could I didn't think it needed faith to believe that but now from a Christian perspective as I look at it I realize it did and now with what I've learned about the whole creation and how it holds together and the body how it functions at this microcellular level it's like how can that possibly have happened by chance well if you have faith you can believe it but you know so anyways sorry that was a diversion there so atheism is also religion. It's, it's kind of unique to others uh, in some ways, which we'll talk about briefly. So number one under that, the idea in order to save yourself, do enough, is your blank, do enough good deeds to please a god, gods, force, or yourself, and you can get to heaven. Now again, heaven, you could put that in quotes or some otherwise named blessed afterlife whatever that religion religion might call it Um, maybe it's maybe they wouldn't call it heaven but it's a good good place and the author of the book he put for atheists it would be satisfaction Um, and that sounds so shallow doesn't it? that's sad Um, when I think about it again if if I would have died when I was 20 years old, honestly, my, my belief system at that time was that I would just die, just like any animal, like falling asleep forever. What's so bad about that? I wouldn't know any different. That's what I believe. But along the way, if you're living life, um, I guess the idea of satisfaction would be, well, I've done some good for people, so I feel good about myself. Did I think there were things... That were good and bad. I think so. I, I'm sure so. Where did you get that idea? <laughs> that there's good or bad. Very true. Yeah, I've I've thought about that as well. And thinking about talking to other atheists or unbelievers, it's like if God isn't there, and we've kind of touched on that throughout the study too. How, how do you how do you know what's good, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's what's um, uh, Evil and what's good, um, the, you know. We have we have the guidebook on that, the Bible. But if you don't if you don't believe in God, you know where where would the good and bad come from? And yeah, there's so much we yeah, we, we really could take forever on this, uh, actually. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and you all know those of you who had children. I mean, it, it doesn't take long to for you to see the evil that's. You know the the sinfulness that is in human beings. You don't have to teach a child to be bad. No, that's right. That's right. And uh, so it it is universal, and we'll get into that here, as we as we will talk about why we why you can't why what these other religions say that, that you can somehow save yourself. Why well, you can't be. So let, let's let's uh, get into that, and we'll continue to discuss. Uh, letter B, the Bible. Emphatic, emphatically teaches the opposite, okay of what we just saw in A1 above. Emphatically teaches the opposite. No one can earn salvation because God's standard is what? Perfection. Okay, so let's open our Bibles and look at that passage. It's a very short verse, but I want to start reading just a little bit before that in Matthew chapter 5. And this is... Uh, so let, let's see. Again, this is Jesus in, in the Sermon on the Mount <clears throat> preaching his, this message here. And he says... I'm going to start back in verse 44 of Matthew chapter 5. It says, But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, <clears throat> for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just. And on the unjust, that's, some, that's what we call, call common grace. Um, God, God is gracious in a common way to all of his creation, to all people, evil and good and everyone, by, because he pro- provides rain and so forth. Then verse 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Then he says, (laughs) therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Okay, honestly, as I went through, this this struck me in in a new way for the first time as I looked at this. He's saying, you know, I've used that verse many times. You shall be, therefore, you should be perfect. Just, but I didn't, hadn't been careful a lot of time to check the context. But starting in verse 44, he, he lays down some very difficult things. Okay? Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Okay, so the, these, these, those and other characteristics he, Jesus lays out there get directly to the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's more than just what you do, but what's got to be in the heart to enable you to do it. I mean, it's... So it's clearly impossible without God. But even for us, those of us who believers who have the Lord Jesus dwelling within us, it's still a struggle... Right, because we still have the sinful nature to to love our enemies. To, the, the hardest one maybe there is, you know, praying for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That is not natural, by any sense. But but the question. But again, if you're not a believer, you have no chance to do this. Some might some might be able to put on a good front, but I but to to do it out of a right motive in their own hearts to love their enemies and so forth, basically, it, it's impossible. I think, I hope you see that. It's, it's from a natural perspective, it's impossible to do these things Christ is telling his listeners to do, in us, as we're reading it. But then verse 48 says, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So it can't happen. We can't we're not perfect we won't be perfect we can't be perfect on our own okay any thoughts or comments on that is it clear enough right he can't it's uh, and that's kind of the point we're trying to make too it, it, is, it can't happen it's something we, are, we can pursue to be as mature as we can to respond as rightly as we can but we're never going to quite reach it. And the thing is, we need to reach it. So let's look at number one under that next. It says, one, uh, uh, to earn salvation, basically is the context here, uh, one would have to live a life of perfect obedience to all of God's laws. And the Bible is clear that no one can do that. Uh, let's, let's turn to... Um, you started in verse 19, right? I started in 20. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read that for the sake of the uh, recording here that Matt's doing. So uh, Kathy just brought up Romans 1, 19. Well, 20, 20 to 23. 19 says, Because that, uh, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his visible, invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So that was in context of A1, A1. okay, where it says, uh, do enough good deeds to please God, and you can get to heaven. But is that what it was? Well we were talking about how they make up their own religion, they, make up, about that they don't have So right. I thought it, that fit really well. Yes, that's true. That's right. They don't have excuse on that. Again, I didn't have excuse, <laughs> right, when I was a teenager or in my early 20s before I came to know the Lord. Um, I can remember... I'm sorry. This just on that... not having an excuse. I can, here's an interesting point. Uh, I, was, I can remember going fishing with my dad. And uh, he had a friend who had a, lived on a lake. And we'd go out on a lake and just uh, fish for catfish out on a, on a deck or, or a dock kind of thing up here. And I can remember being out there and it'd be a, a starry night and we'd be looking up at the stars and just amazed by the stars and I don't remember exactly what we thought it's like wow that's amazing isn't that something but it's like now I look at it and say God put those there God controls those God has put the energy into those stars at the time I was just amazed but what was was I amazed about how they all got there by chance how they just part of a big bang explosion I don't know again I had no excuse I can look at those stars and that should have led me to God it took a while. He got me there, but not at that time. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the point Denise is making there is we go back to Romans again, chapter one, verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And that's the, the point. It's like the truth is in us. God's put it in us and our conscience and, but we suppress, mankind suppresses the truth in unrighteousness because they love darkness rather than light. They love their sin rather than, than God's ways. So we suppress the truth. We fool ourselves, and that's where you know it says, and again, verse 22, one of my favorite, in a warped sort of way, verses. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And you see that all over the place with the secular philosophies and so forth. It sounds wise. It sounds intellectual. It sounds so deep. But it's foolish if you take Christ out of the picture. And we all, we all know that. Thank God. Okay, let's, let's go. Well, you, you, you've all done a very good job of helping me make this two weeks. Now the question is, let's keep it to two instead of three. All right. All um, right. Okay, so we'd have to live a life of perfect obedience. So turn, if you would, to James chapter 2. Um, and again, I, we have the verses that are, we're all very familiar with probably, but, but let's look at what's around them just a little. Yeah, right, okay. But before Peter, right? There it is. Okay, that's... that's... Okay, so James chapter 2. Again, verse 10 is what I probably have in your notes there. Yeah, but let's look back at verse 8 of James chapter 2. It says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Verse 10, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. And then look at verse 11 says, uh, for he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a trans- transgressor of the law. So the point is, well, maybe you don't commit this one, but you do commit this one, so you still are a transgressor of the law. And so we, ultimately, all of us, have transgressed a law at least one, at least one time, okay? So, uh, again, in order for, for, to earn salvation, we'd have to have perfect obedience to all of God's laws all the time. But we can't do that. And again, if we, if we stumble in one point, we're guilty of all of it, Okay? Let's go to Romans chapter three. Another very—I guess we should have done the Romans one while we were in Romans, but I wasn't—I wasn't prepared. It's okay. We went through the exercise of finding James, right? Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. So we're going to start here in Romans chapter 20, and this again, the Bible is so clear about this um, that we can't keep the the deeds of the law. Even if we could, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. Look, look at this, verse 20, Romans 3. Right in His sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the key verse there, of course, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the point this passage makes too is that it cannot be from the deeds of the law. It's not For the law, by the law is the knowledge of sin. We know a sin because the law, and again, the law is in our hearts, I think, until we suppress it. We suppress the truth in unrighteousness. But verse 21 is glorious, isn't it? But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on on all who believe. So we have the good news there in the midst of the bad that that all have sinned. He's given us the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We're going to stop there. And Lord willing, we'll finish it next week. We, We can make it go quicker. I enjoyed this, though. I hope you did. Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for your word again. Oh, God, we thank you for giving us faith to believe in it and uh, to, to believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to repent of our sins and trust Jesus Christ alone. We know that was of you. We thank you so much for the wonderful gift. And we pray that now as we head into the service, that you would bless, that you would help us, Father, to rightfully worship you in spirit and in truth, and that you would be pleased with our worship and that we would be built up by it, our time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.